Welcome back to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. I'm Maggie Ulmer, and on today's episode, the team sits down and gives you a behind-the-scenes peek at our Spirit and Truth Awakening Weekends. Welcome back to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. I am sitting here with all of these wonderful people. We're going to have a round of introductions to my left. Tony Meltenberger. Matt Reynolds. Emma Winchester. And of course, I'm Maggie Ulmer. And you guys, it's been a while. I feel like since we've been, we've all recorded a podcast together, we've had different things going on. Yeah, we've got the, as I affectionately referred to him in one podcast, the Red Bull of the team is back Yay! In, in action. Yeah, no, it's an honor to be energetic, and I appreciate that, which <laughs> is actually, it's a, it's a really perfect segue into what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> is, is it, or are you just saying that? Well, no, because here's the thing, right? We're going to talk about what we do on Awakening Weekends, Yeah, and part of my role on Awakening Weekends is wake to be the, the hype man. Wake the people up. That's wake the people up. One hundred percent true. Yes, but it's also only one facet. Well, no, I'm I'm not saying it isn't. Yeah, I mean, like uh, it's an it's an identity. It's it's an affirmation that I claim boldly. Mm. Claim boldly. You do everything boldly, Tony. That's true. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you know, I'll, I'll say twenty year old Tony um, was a lot bolder. Than forty-two-year-old. Sometimes Tony. I wish I could have met twenty-year-old Tony. I used to drink back then too, and there was a lot of questionable life choices. Mm. Mm. Praise the Lord and uh, the twelve steps. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're nothing if not totally real all the time. <laughs> yeah, here we are. All right. So that's uh, listeners. This is correct. We're going to reflect a little bit on our awakening weekends, things we've learned. Um, things we've seen happen in, in the churches that we visit to and maybe a few sort of funny stories thrown in there because th- there's always something strange or crazy that happens. But anyway. Well, we've spent an awful lot. I mean, this little group right here spent an awful lot of time. <laughs> On the road, yeah. In planes. No trains, but definitely automobiles. Mm-hmm. And when you spend that much time in the car or in a plane seat next to somebody... You know, stuff happens. Yeah, it. let me just start with this, right? If you're unfamiliar with our ministry, one of the key concepts that we do is we walk alongside the local church. And we do that in a path um, that is unlike a lot of other parachurch organizations. We do these things called Awakening Weekends. And so after prayer and consultation with the lead pastor, we'll come in typically for either a Thursday night, uh, Friday night, Saturday And then end on Sunday morning events, or sometimes we start on Friday night. So we have different blocks to fill, and ultimately the goal is to get in there and kind of stir up the soil in a way that says um, you are now open for future seed that hopefully the pastor will then work with the team to kind of plant and grow out of there. Yeah, a lot of times the the pastors that reach out to us, or sometimes it's lay folks, but you know, ministry leaders, they're they're hungry for their church to kind of refocus. You know, we, we want to be about the Great Commission. We want to see this Holy Spirit at work and alive in our congregation. And, um, and we need someone to help come and kind of be a catalyst to get that started. And so, I mean, that's kind of what we are. We're just like, we try to just carry the fire of the Spirit with us. And yeah. uh, we certainly, we teach, you know, specific modules on 
disciple making and evangelism and life in the spirit and prayer and different things like that. But really, um, I guess one of the things that we maybe don't say as explicitly is we, we put a plan on paper with those different modules, but every time we go into a church, Mm. we're just trying to be open to what the spirit is doing. And often as we did in just our last one, uh, here not long ago, we rearranged the whole schedule because we sensed the Spirit was doing something different. So we just try to be obedient to what we sense the Lord doing. Yeah, Maggie, how would you describe um, the the planning process of, not, not when we get there and we're obedient to what the Spirit says, but rather the precursor process of like, hey, we're going to go in, what modules should we bring? Could you kind of give some everybody a background on how we come to that initial starting point? I think it's a combination of different things. I mean, first of all, we we want to honor what has been asked for. Um, so we typically start with a Zoom call with the pastor or the ministry leaders who have um, reached out to Spirit and Truth. And we get a lot of information from that. And really, we just spend a lot of that time listening mm-hmm to how they're describing things in their church, you know, where where they are in their mini- season of ministry, um, things that are happening in their church, the thing, their favorite ministries that are going on, things they feel like they want help with, things they feel like they're really knocking out of the park, all that stuff. And then we want to honor what they're asking for. So almost always churches want help with evangelism. It, it does seem it's a hard thing to wrap mm-hmm. your mind around like okay we're going to share our faith how do we do that blah 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 and then we just pray you know we talk we we share what our impressions of the conversation are um we draw on our collective years of experience of being people in the church and having experience in church leadership things like that but we pray we just pray and seek the lord's heart for that church and all this stuff that we do i feel like um, we don't really do a, anything novel. We always no, we tell churches like we don't have anything real new or catchy to bring. And most of the time, what churches are looking for is actually a lot of times the churches. You know, we've done a lot of programs, we've done a bunch of stuff, we've planned a lot of stuff, and you know, our, we feel like part of our calling is to help people get back to the basics. Yeah. How do we become a, a people of prayer? How do we become people who are listening and obeying the Spirit? How do we get active in sharing our faith and making disciples? And so those are the kind of things that were, while each church is unique, I think there is a common hunger that says, how can we get back to the core of this thing about what Christianity is really all about? Not just a nice sort of church product that we, that we do together. Emma, I was really hoping to have you kick us off on the story section of this podcast <laughs> by talking a little bit about the first time that um, you had the opportunity to preach. And we are in Metter, Georgia, oh. right? And it was, listen, I, I'm not going to over-exaggerate this. This is legit one of the best sermons I'd ever heard yeah. from a first-time preacher. That's and, uh, but I think it'll give some insights to our listeners on what it means to be responsive to the um, <laughs> to the spirit and how maybe slash planned slash unplanned we are. (laughs) Right. Right. Okay. Awesome. Man, that was an awesome trip. Um, Was it a Friday night or a Saturday night that we were playing for? It was for the Saturday night, right? It was for the Saturday night. Yeah. Cause we talked about it on, uh, around the table at our Airbnb on Friday night. Yeah. So just to give you a little bit (laughs) of an (laughs) 
insider look. Um, we often, as a team, stay at Airbnbs when we go on these trips uh, because we need kind of like a community space that hotels don't often have for us to kind of debrief and pray together and um, just kind of talk about what the plans are for the next day, etc. So one night while we were in Metter, we were sitting around and uh, we were kind of discussing the plans for the next day. And the next day was going to end with a worship night. Um, but we weren't exactly sure who was going to lead it, who was going to preach that night. So Matt had, or someone at the table had thrown out, oh, well, Emma should do it. And I immediately, you know, like sank into my Rebuked chair. Rebuked the idea, if <laughs> yeah. I recall. Yeah, yeah, yeah there was probably. was a strong reaction. Yeah. It was visceral. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I probably said, no, I don't know. If oh, that's wait, wait, wait. No, 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 that was, that was not the way no. that no came out. No. Something more along the lines of absolutely not. Yeah. That's a horrible idea. No, I know how you reacted because I suggested it and then you almost punched me in the face. Okay. With okay. your eyes, with your eyes. Yeah. You okay. Well... Mm. I was not feeling up to it, to say the least. And you had never done this on a trip. No. Yeah, yeah. No. I mean, full I disclosure, yes, right? We had never asked her to preach. It's Friday night, and the, the 24 message, hours before. 20, yes. And the compromise was... So, Matt proposes a compromise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You tricked her. And <laughs> the compromise was... This is, this is how I remember Matt saying this to me. Well, Emma, you know, like, we could... We could do it together. You know, I could open us up and then you could kind of finish and then I'll come back at the end. And I think we were planning on doing communion that night. And so you were going to close us in communion. And he, he just said, Emma, you'll just have the, the little segment in the middle. I'll get everything ready for you. You take the little middle section and then I'll close us. And I thought, OK, I think I can I can settle for that. I can do that. So I say yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you say, yeah. I mean, look, we know there are oh, pastors listening to this down. podcast. We know there are pastors listening to this podcast. They all, you guys all remember the first time you stood up in front of a group of people and preached a sermon mm -hmm. and how you felt. And poor Emma, 24 hours notice, thought she was going to be team preaching. Okay, so then, but then we have to go to what, how it transitioned because... The next morning, we were riding in the van together. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. no. It didn't happen. That conversation didn't happen until later in the day. Oh, later. Because I spent the whole day trying to listen to the Lord with yeah. internal panic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so internal panic happening. But I was just trying to listen and, you know, just really get a sense for, like, what the Lord wanted that Saturday night to be. And, um... I kept hearing a bunch of different scriptures, but I didn't know how they all kind of circled together. And then at the end of the day, so like Matt is doing a session, Maggie's doing a session, Tony's doing a session during the day on Saturday, and I am just there kind of listening. So I had a lot of time, but the day was still pretty filled with like stuff that was going on. Plus we went out and did evangelism training that day. Yeah, dinner, like all that stuff. So it was on the way to dinner where in the car... Matt asked, so Emma, what are we going to do tonight? 
Yeah. I remember this. And then <laughs> and now, I mean, I, and let's be honest, right? At this point in time, you had spent infinitely more time thinking about this than Matt had. That's true. true. And so oh, you right. came back with um, an extensive list. Yes, you verbally outlined you the sermon. You verbally oh, yeah. outlined yeah. the whole sermon. Yeah. And Matt looked to you and said... Yeah, she outlined a beautiful sermon. Beautiful sermon. Like she just articulated. We all looked at each other. We were the rest like, of us besides Emma were all like, uh, Yeah, this is dumb. So, and I said, and that's the sermon you're going to preach tonight. <laughs> and I was sitting in the back of the van like... Sweating. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, but here's the thing. And, and I don't want to just like uh, give people any kind of... We're not just... While we were just throwing Emma into this... Part of it is because as a team, we've seen the mm-hmm. way in which she's mm-hmm. exhibited these gifts. She has articulated uh, many messages, like m- not, I mean, many like short messages, many, mm-hmm. many like a fun size <laughs> <laughs> candy bar. <laughs> uh, you know, throughout our weekends when she's introducing prayer or leading us in yeah. various reflections. Like, she has exhibited the gifts for this. We see the call of God on her life. It wasn't like we were just like, oh, here's a random idea. We had seen the the spirit at work through her in this kind of way and felt like it was an opportunity for her to take that kind of next step of of doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I think is really important for the listener who's um, leading uh, in the church right now is that spirit-led ministry is built on trust. Mm-hmm. And so it's trust... One, that the Lord will meet us in this space, and two, in the relationships that we have with the mm-hmm. people that we've been discipling, or, or, you know, in this case, kind of pseudo-discipling. Uh, Emma didn't need a lot, but obviously getting her on the team and then walking with her made our confidence, Matt's confidence, and mine and Maggie's as well, although yeah. Matt made that decision kind of, I mean, rightfully so, unilaterally. Like, it wasn't a, it we also, didn't, like, team about it, but it's... If you want to let people be spirit-led, you have to trust, one, in the spirit, and two, in the person. Yeah. And I also, it wasn't just a, I I may have come across this way, but I had actually prayed about the following night on Friday, just in my own, like, internal prayer, ongoing prayer with the Lord. Lord, what, like, where is this going? Like, what do we need to, Mm -hmm. to do tomorrow night? And I felt a specific prompting from the spirit, you know, Emma should preach. So it wasn't like I also was trying to, you know, follow the prompting of the spirit. But I didn't say it like that because I don't want I don't want to pull the like the say, say of the, the Lord, Lord. right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because that puts a lot of pressure on you yeah. uh, in that way. Well, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say one of the things that was so beautiful is that that message that you preached ended up being about in many ways of the father's heart for children who have been far off, Mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. And that church, there was a lot of melting hearts in that church when we were there. That was such a profound aspect of our time at that church where people who really encountered the love of God in a way they hadn't before. And just for the record, the sermon was It was legit awesome as a standalone thing. I mean, I I was moved to tears, which... Does happen it's for a me low, a low bar, low bar, a lot. But so were h- half the people there. Yeah, I yeah. mean the Lord moved powerfully yeah. that night. Many people came to receive prayer ministry after Emma's message, and were I think open to receiving from the Lord 
especially because of how he spoke through her. And so this isn't just a, a story about, you know, Emma's first you know, time. First time. Yeah. It's also a, a testimony of how the Lord can work. And when we're open to the prompting of the Spirit, like, and people are, are you know, trying to obey what he's saying, it doesn't matter if you're 19 like Emma or 92. He takes a willing vessel, and he can do miraculous things through us. Amen. Yeah, yeah. And I must say uh, two things. One, I had taught and preached yeah. before in front of youth groups, stuff like that. Yeah. And so I had a little bit of training. So it wasn't like I was just like going based on nothing. But also... At the same time, it almost had to come about this way because, <laughs> as my team knows, sometimes I do just need a little, like, kick <laughs> to um, <laughs> to be pushed into things like this. Yeah. It's not always my natural inclination to just jump on things. So it was absolutely from the spirit. And even though I did have some internal panic, I knew that if my team trusted that I could hear from the spirit – and craft something then then i can trust you know that the spirit will speak to me and prepare me for what came amen you know one of the things that happens um we talk about the modules but but the reality is is that there's even modules inside the modules right so we've got you know a toolbox and inside the toolbox there are different tools that we can use and maggie i think that this is one of the things that you do really well because one of the difficult tasks that you often get saddled with on our awakening weekends is talking about how to hear from the Lord and prophetic and uh, what that looks like. And I'm kind of wondering if you could kind of um, go through your internal checklist. When we show up to a church on Friday night and you're thinking about your block either that night or later the next day, um, how do you know which tool is the right tool for the people of the church. I'm thinking specifically of the, the safe sanctuary tool that you used when we were in, um, safe setup, safe Safe setup. setup. I I meant safe (laughs) setup. I, sorry, that's years of the UMC coming out. Yeah, I know. Uh, safe setup, safe setup tool. Yeah. Uh, when we were in, um, Sarah land, Sarah land, Alabama, could you, could you talk a little bit about that process and how you knew that safe setup was the right move that day? Well, and you should probably tell everybody what safe setup is too now that I've butchered it twice. No, it's okay. Uh, safe setup is is a prayer tool. It's a it's a structured prayer tool that comes from a ministry um, actually out of a, the Presbyterian Renewal Ministry um, a arm of the church. And um, it's really just about uh, taking authority in the name of Jesus over a particular space before worship happens or before ministry happens as a type of safeguard against the enemy and you know it sort of follows the path of um uh the armor of god in ephesians and so it's just a it's a form prayer you know nobody's making anything up you just follow the form you read it you proclaim it in the name of jesus Mm -hmm. there you go and so i ended up switching to sort of a, a more spiritual warfare module in a particular church just because that that was a stated need in the moment so normally i would teach on hearing the voice of god which we did talk about that as well just discerning the voice of god but internally there was sort of like now i I would say that we don't actually do 
we haven't done this kind of thing super often, but sort of like it's the difference between planning an ap- appointment with your doctor and then having something like an ER kind of need. Do you know what I mean? So we were at this church. We were having our normal conversations with people, and it just so happened that we seem to have a particular type of conversation multiple times, which is people just talking about feeling like there was a lot of warfare, spiritual warfare in the church. And so um, one of the ways I discerned that was just by having the same conversation over and over again. And, you know, jumping into... That's not, I wouldn't call that like a super basic module to teach on. So feeling the discernment or the freedom to teach on that, I really just said, Lord, I need you to open the door for that. Like I need that to be an obvious thing that that has to happen. And it was in the sense that um, the pastor gave permission. Um, The team I was with at the time, which was just Emma and Tony, Matt wasn't with us on that trip. Everybody seemed behind that idea. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, then, uh, we sort of, I prayed about it and came up with a different approach, decided to teach through that tool. The thing that made me feel the most confident was I had a concrete thing that I could hand to them after the fact, because it, you know, it's one thing to teach on, say for instance, discipleship, evangelism, hearing the voice of God, all of those things are concretely demonstrated in scripture. A spiritual warfare is also demonstrated in scripture, but I didn't want there to be too much room for strange, um, you know, the ability for people to go off the rails. So anyway, all that to say, I knew I had a concrete tool I could use. That's part of how I discerned it. Yeah. And another part of that too, I would say though, is when we arrive at a church, our team, gets to the church a few hours before the first session to pray in the space and um, just spend time really, you know, settling and and discerning. And as our team prayed there, the Lord, I mean, the Holy Spirit almost always speaks to us very specifically, um, which, I mean, side note, that always super surprised me when... Yeah. I first started going on these trips and we would sit in the sanctuary and just listen. It really surprised me how detailed the spirit was when speaking to us about the church. But anyways, when we got to the church, yeah. the the Lord definitely told us some things uh, kind of along those lines that when it came to the point where it was time to make a decision, mm-hmm. that really helped. Yeah. And one of the things I would say uh, to you, church leader who's listening is that you can do this in your church, right? Yeah. You can show oh, yeah. up I was thinking the same thing. early on right. Sunday morning or even Friday night before you leave for the weekend, go into the go into the worship center and just start walking around and ask the Lord to speak and he'll speak. You know, yeah. it, it, this isn't again, right? What, what we're doing here is not special to us. It's yeah. not, you know, all that kind of thing. I, I am curious, Matt, you're the architect of the awakening weekends as you see them today. What what has been the biggest surprise in its evolution mm-hmm. from when you started um, four years ago to now? Well, when we started, we didn't have any of you crazy characters, so <laughs> it was way different. <laughs> no, uh, so, well, I mean, the the original 
idea was that people and churches are so hungry and so many churches in the U.S. in particular are finally coming kind of to the end of themselves and sort of recognizing, oh gosh, all this stuff that we thought was like the key, all the stuff that all the gurus told us, like it's not really working. And there's just a, a lot of like longing, but not a lot of answers. And, I, you know, I would see people have experiences at conferences like church leaders pastors and others show up and have really powerful experiences at you know all the different big kind of uh, whether it's charismatic stuff or or in our own wesleyan family like the new room conference but then i would hear people say like but i don't know what to do with this like they're kind of becoming awakened to a more basic raw version of christianity and longing for that but they don't really know like how can i i want this dna to happen in my church but what do i do i I don't even know how to get started and so the original vision was saying like you know rather than just trying to drag people to a big conference which most of the church is never going to go to why can't we just have a small group of people and we don't have to have all the answers but just come in and make space for god and say how can we come alongside you in your own setting, on your own turf? Kind of like Jesus did with people when in his ministry. I'm going to meet you right where you're at and say, let's pursue God together and give you some practical equipping to start living it out. So, you know, the whole thing has been kind of an experiment. Uh, <laughs> I started the thing not really knowing how it was going to work. or wh- I mean, honestly, when I think back... I'm thinking the first couple of churches that had us, why in the world did they even <laughs> ask us to come? Because you were free back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just think I was like, what? Who would even like invite us? But I just I think there's just a lot of churches just hungry for something. Like they want to see renewal in the church. They just don't know what to do. They don't know how to get started. And so we just started out, and early on, our major, major focus was on evangelism, and that's still been, you know, a big a big part of what we do. But I think over time, a couple of things happened. One, our team expanded, which just brings more gifts to the table, which means that we can minister in a more holistic way. Hmm. Like, no one person has everything to say or to 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 speak into the life of a church. And so one of the things I love about the evolution is that now when we go in, it's not just one or two voices that they're hearing. Mm. They're hearing from a team of people. And it's different than, you know, it's different than a lot of other church stuff because one of the things I love about our team is we really try to be serious about listening to the Spirit. And we all are willing to just sort of jump in in what's needed. And it's like, Typically, you know, in church land, you hire a big name speaker, you pay him money to come in and they like do the thing or you go to a conference and you hear the guru. And really, we show up and we're like, we actually don't have anything real special to offer you. And we're not even sure who's going to speak what night, (laughs) but we're going to trust that the spirit can do stuff, you know, and he always does. That's the Mm -hmm. beautiful thing. And I think what it does in models for people oh, it doesn't actually take an expert. It doesn't take a mm. guru. Right. Like, normal people can just be 
obedient and if they if you do what the spirit says and you know live out these kind of practical things in your own life it can god can move and so i think it's gotten more holistic uh, so we've been able to offer more sort of equipping for the church and i think we've also tailored it more we've recognized as time gone on how um each church is different and so early on we kind of basically just did the exact same thing with every church Mm -hmm. and now it's more of a discernment process where we just we really try to take time as maggie said earlier listen find out where what's the state of the spiritual life in that congregation and where is God asking us to invest at this particular season? How can we come alongside them? That's a, that's a couple of the things. One of my favorite things, too, is seeing how we've taken the same tools and they have been applied differently. I mean, like we say, for instance, the evangelism outreach is always my favorite thing. Um, now, I don't want to, like, give spoilers you know, but I'm just going to say we do training in evangelism, which is about sharing your faith. And I love this. And it always freaks people out. Yeah, it's awesome. But one of the things I noticed in the last church we went to, we, we ended up rearranging the schedule a little bit. And because for me, from my perspective of when I look at the overarching fruit of the weekend because of where we put the evangelism outreach versus where we had originally planned it it accomplished multiple things so not only did it accomplish just the actual you know practical task of learning to share your faith with people and overcoming some fear barriers and all that stuff for me there was like a a real sense of people encountering the Lord, like really having the Lord's presence be with them in their encounters. And that opened my eyes because then later that night when we did um, whatever we were doing that evening, there was also prayer time and, and inner healing kind of stuff happened. And for me, those things all flowed into each other. And I don't know if I have sort of felt that way about it before. Yeah. Anyway, it was just really neat. Well, I was just going to, I was going to say Maggie kind of prompted an idea in me that I thought would be fun way to kind of Ooh, uh, wrap up this podcast. And that ideas. is, that is a, a, a rapid session, one or two sentences, favorite part of the awakening weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wait, so, I want stories too. <laughs> well, I think we're going to have plenty of opportunities for stories in future podcasts. And the best way you yeah. can make sure you don't miss it, hit that subscribe button wherever you listen, iTunes, Spotify, a lot more stories are coming, I promise. Yeah, we we have funny stories and there's some really beautiful testimonies. Stories, I mean, yeah. absolute transformational stuff that is pretty cool when you get texts. I mean, there's pastors who will text six months or a year later about people who are just living totally different because they encountered the Lord um, on a weekend. And that is super rewarding. Yeah. All right. So, Matt, favorite part of the Awakening Weekend? Well... It goes with what I probably what I just said. It's just it's any little moment when you get a little window into how God is just wrecking somebody mm-hmm. in the in a yeah. good way. Mm-hmm. It's like every you know throughout the weekend you'll just see these little moments in when someone uh, in one of the sessions is willing to share something, or they share a testimony after the outreach, or Sunday morning when they share. 
whatever. Like you just get these little windows and it's different for different people when it occurs. But it's like you can see, oh man, the Lord is really flipping their world upside down. And that is just so awesome. And we've seen that. It's so fun to see it with different generations. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got like, you know, you'll have a young person who's whatever, 25 or 30, whose world's getting flipped. And then you have an 85 year old who's like just messed up and it's awesome. (laughs) It is awesome. I mean, even at this last church, we had someone who was 92 years old sitting in the room with us. Absolutely. That was really, that was rewarding. Um, I mean, I would say the same thing. Anytime I get to see the Lord wreck someone, (laughs) like, and I mean that in the most graceful way, it is a beautiful thing. And, um, I mean, if I can be a little cheesy, I'm not sure if it's cheesy because it's a reference to the Bible, but spirit and truth comes from the passage where Jesus meets the woman at the well. Mm -hmm. And I feel like one of the most rewarding things that we get to see as a ministry is Jesus meet people by a well. And it goes back and it shakes their whole church, their whole town. And just being able to to see that I mean it is a true gift from the Lord it's always so encouraging to my faith and um, as I come back and even share those testimonies with my church with my family with my friends I think that that's just beautiful Mm -hmm. Margaret Uh, I one of the things I really really love is um, that (laughs) sorry negotiations happening um so i'm a pastor's wife my husband has been a pastor for a long time and i really love watching pastors see their people in a way that they've never seen them before yeah that is cool yeah yeah you know because you as a pastor you have you've sat in your meetings with these people you know they're raw spots, their good spots, their strengths, their weaknesses. You've had conflicts, you've had celebrations, you've Mary, Barry and baptized, you know what I mean? Like you've, you just go through everything with these people. And then the Lord comes in and shows you new things. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I'll say one other thing about this, and, and this is just an observation I've begun to really formulate in my head. Every single church we go to, the Lord shows up, but I will say that some churches are sort of more like you can tell they're just more impacted than other churches. Now that's now look, this is hair splitting here because when the Lord shows up, the Lord shows up. It's profound no matter what. But I really think that the places where we are getting text messages like a year later, more than a year later, those churches have pastors who've allowed themselves to be touched by the Lord. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Those pastors have allowed their hearts to be healed, who have allowed themselves to become yielded and changed by the Spirit. So if you're a pastor and you're listening and you're like, I want my people to go through this, it starts with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to say. You starts with you. And my favorite part is always the food. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we do I eat mean, really we well. We do eat really legit well. Good uh, food. Yeah. You know, I... Um, I, w- I would just probably echo what everyone else is saying. I'm, I might say it a little differently. I love leaving a weekend feeling like we walked in obedience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that 
that whatever we had, we just poured ourselves out and we just did the thing. And then Mm -hmm. the Lord did the work, which is what always happens. And uh, anytime, anytime I can walk away from a weekend feeling like I got to be a vessel for something that the Lord would use. Mm -hmm. And I'm a part of a team that's a vessel that feels like how I want everything to feel in my life. You know, that, that, Mm -hmm. that's the deal. You know, one last thing I wanted to just share as an encouragement to folks is that after doing this now with, I don't know how many exactly, quite a few churches, we have been in little churches and big churches, rural churches, urban, I mean like Mm -hmm. super contemporary, super traditional, and you know, seen all kinds of, Emma has experienced uh, <laughs> exposure to different styles of worship and church life that she had never knew existed. She never wide. knew existed. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So what I, but the, what I would say though, just as an encouragement to folks is it's the same Holy Spirit. Yeah. And every stripe of church, different kind of church, uh, God still, he just shows up and does really miraculous things and to me, it's just such an encouragement to see, like, it doesn't matter if you're a tiny church in the middle of nowhere. If you're open and you want him, the Lord will come and, mm-hmm. and move in your midst. And so nobody needs to feel like, oh, man, oh, well, we're just this whatever kind of church. I don't know if it'll that that can't really happen here. No, we've seen it. We've seen it happen everywhere. Amen. Amen. Friends, just a reminder, if you want to get connected to all that God is doing through Spirit and Truth, a couple of really easy ways to do that. Number one, hit that subscribe button. Number two, uh, don't be afraid to subscribe to our Substack. It's a Spirit-led blog for the Spirit-led leader. You can learn more about that and sign up at spiritandtruth.substack.com. And uh, if you're a pastor listening and you think you want Spirit and Truth to come to your church, then you need to reach out to Emma. Yep, that's me. The info account. So it's info at spiritandtruth.life. And then uh, we'll make new friends. (laughs) All right, that's been our podcast for today, you guys. We'll come back to you real soon. Bye.